It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform, to inspire, to empower our listeners, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm getting the same inspiration and information and empowerment when I talk to my guests on Guys Guys Radio that our listeners are. We think, we feel, and hopefully we act and kind of look past the boundaries of our fence in our backyard to say what else is out there in life that we are not being told about, particularly by mainstream media and the jobs we have and just day-to-day life in the good old U.S. of A., Guys Guys Radio. So bring you some information, you consider it. Maybe you work it into your existence and maybe you say, that's not for me, it's up to you. But I'm here and my services, I'm bringing you guests that have stories and journeys and information that hopefully will help you out. So Guys Guys Radio, we've got one of the best today. We've got the return of John Gray. He is the author of the largest selling, the best selling book about relationships of all time. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. His updated version is, of course, Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus, Revisited, and it's fantastic. And I have interviewed a heck of a lot of relationship experts on Guys Guys Radio, because that's really our roots. And I have to say, sorry everybody else, but my favorite book of all time, the most I've learned from a relationship book, is actually John's new book, Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus, Revisited, because it it encapsulates the... uh, the concepts that he came up with in the in the original book in the 90s, but also it brings them into more relevancy for today. And it's all based on science, and it's and the archetypes are still true. And really, it's about an ebb and flow between partners. And I can tell you this, in this time of COVID, and this is one of the things we talk about with John, is you can have your relationship fall apart, and the, the divorce rate is up, or you can have it strengthened. And in my case, with my little family, I'm so blessed to have a wonderful wife and son, that the quarantine, that time, those couple of months that we've had where we've been kind of locked down and obviously things are opening up and then closing and opening and we're getting through all of this, um, has been a real experience and there's been a positive in that. Uh, first of all, we've been healthy, so we're blessed with that. And also, I think it's brought our family closer together. And if you think about that, how in this time where we're not going out and doing the same stuff as usual, how can I, how can I make my relationship better, whether it's as a parent or as a husband or a wife, whatever. So something to think about. So John Gray here on Guys Guys Radio. I can't wait to get into our conversation because it's a good one. Thanks for being here. It's Guys Guy Radio. Guys Guys Radio. As I mentioned to everybody, I have a very special guest returning to Guys Guys Radio, John Gray. He's one of my favorite relationship experts and authors. He, of course, has helped uh, so many men and women with his book, the seminal book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are For Venus. He launched a number of uh, subsequent titles uh, based on that same concept. And last year, uh, Beyond Mars and Venus, we discussed it last year, relationship skills for today's complex worlds, because the concepts are the same, but times change. So sometimes we have to filter them through a new lens. And John has done a wonderful job with that. His book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, it was considered the, uh, the number one selling book of the 90s, one of the most influential books of the 20th century, the largest selling relationship book of 
all time. And I have read a lot of books on relationships and interviewed a lot of people. And I am totally on board with John Gray's take, Men Are From Mars, Women For Venus, because it's all about communication. It's not about redefining men and women. It's about being who we are and how we can relate to each other. So I am very honored and pleased to welcome back to Guys Guys Radio, John Gray. Welcome, John. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, what a nice introduction. I appreciate that. So let's start right at the beginning and what's happening right now. Um, a lot of people are, we're now kind of coming out of quarantine and now we're being uh, uh, warned that we may have to go back or who knows what's going to happen. But relationships have been strained. People have been cooped up together for a long time. Now they're getting out there. New relationships. I mean, what does that mean anymore? And also dating in this time of COVID-19 seems like almost you're going to do it virtual or it's off the books. So I would love your perspective uh, on what's been going on and what you see for us and maybe some thoughts about how people can help themselves and help one another. Well, uh, we've seen the divorce rate going up in China dramatically in Wuhan from 15, 15 people a week to uh, 300 a week. So that's a huge increase in uh, doing some shows with uh, police force. They're finding that domestic violence is up in the home. There's all different degrees of escalation happening in our relationships. And after escalation, uh, which means one person uh, upsets you, you upset them, and it gets higher and higher and higher. Arguments turn into yelling. Yelling turns into saying mean things that we don't really mean. We don't know how to take it back. Apologies are really good, uh, but understanding is really important here. You know, when people say mean things, uh, when they're upset, often people say, well, that's that person's true colors. Finally, I understand what's going on. Yeah, that's something that's uh, going on inside of them when they're not them. We have to remember that we have our light side, our dark side. You know, we have things in a drawer that have been stored there and they just mutate. And then you open it up and you have a mess. That's not who you really are. And I'd like to give the scientific basis of that because this is an important concept because people tend to hold on to what you said, but you said, but you said, or you did. And we have to realize that things happen when we're out of control. Escalation causes us to be out of control. It's not as an excuse for these behaviors. It's an understanding of these behaviors. And we can look at it biologically. Uh, we have, generally speaking, three major parts of the brain. The front part of the brain, prefrontal cortex, is the executive part of the brain. The, uh, genetically, it's the only human part of the brain. The, the DNA is there, and the rest of the brain is monkey DNA or snake DNA, dinosaur. So, you know, we have instincts. We have the subconscious, which is programming from our childhood. And then we have the ability to make choices and to feel compassion in the front part of the brain, to execute action, to adjust ourselves, to adapt. You cannot adapt if you don't have blood flow to the front part of the brain. And when you escalate in an argument, cortisol levels rise up, are just living in this state of imbalance that so many people are right now because we're not able to have our normal lives, that puts us out of balance. And that raises stress levels in the brain. These hormones get produced. And that prevents blood flow. Literally, if you measure cortisol going higher, blood flow goes to the back part of the brain where we begin to behave in the ways that our ancestors behaved when they were under stress. Most of that is learned when we're seven years old. We sort of adapt from watching our parents when they're under stress. So the worst side of our parents comes out of us when we're under stress. 
And sometimes it's not even the worst part of our parents, it's the worst part of their great-great-grandparents. We know that this stuff is passed on in the DNA now, this is all proven. So uh, we wanna recognize that the person you married in the, is the person who blood flow is slowing to the front part of the brain. And what we can do to avoid that ancestral effect, primitive part of us coming forth, is to understand practical ways to de-escalate. And interesting, you know, that's the whole thing with the police force, de-escalate, de-escalate. In our relationships, we need to de-escalate. And there's a lot of practical things we can discuss to do that. So people have been cooped up and they start to get on each other's nerves. You talk about de-escalating. So what can members of a partnership do to make sure that, to be aware of what's going on and not, um, not fly off the handle. Uh, is, well, it to, is, it, is it to just remember that the person's, you know, you remember the person who married you, not the person who may be relating right now to their drunken grandfather or whatever. Right? <clears throat> well, we're all kind of drunk right now. Uh, <laughs> that's a nice thing to realize working for a drunk. Uh, you know, if you keep children pinned up together all the time, they'll start to escalate as well. That's the childlike brain just escalates. And part of that is if we think in terms of what we know as far as wellness and health goes. Let's look at biology again. There's a, we need basic vitamins. I'm not saying you have to take vitamin supplements. Our food has this vitamins if we have good food. So you need vitamin A, B, C, D, uh, E, and F. Okay, these are all your basic vitamins. We know that to be the case. And let's say you have all your vitamins except vitamin D because you haven't been in the sun. Then you're gonna start feeling pretty down. And then suddenly, you get some sunshine and your mood perks up and you feel great. Your body's now making vitamin D and you go, oh, sunshine is the answer to my life. Well, that's what a spouse is. A spouse is sunshine when you've got all your other vitamins in you. But if those vitamins aren't in you, let's say you're missing A, B, C, D, A, B, C, and E, F, and you've got plenty of vitamin D, vitamin D does nothing. Mm -hmm. So that your partner has no power to bring the level of fulfillment they did before. And when you expect something from someone, it's like, say you got somebody who does really well performance and suddenly it cuts in half, you're rather dissatisfied and irritated and annoyed. What's wrong with them? Why aren't they performing? Why aren't they making me happy? Why do I not feel good? And the reason I don't feel good has nothing to do with them. It's just triggered by them. They're pointing out to me, I'm not feeling good and I'm not feeling good because I don't have my vitamin A, B, C, and E, F. Now, what are those vitamins? That's called, like in my own life, I notice this as well. My partner has, does not have the power to take me higher than they, as they used to. And, and that's because my life is not what it used to be. I have a, a concept in relationships, I call it the 80-20 rule. And 20% of your happiness should come from your interactions with your spouse and your relationships, your romantic, intimate partnerships and so forth. And 80% has to become not dependent on them. So, you know, if I go out and let's say I have a day, it's not necessarily always a happy day. I'm, I'm traveling. I have to wait in long lines. I have to go through security. The plane is late. I get on the plane. I got to occupy myself. I got to find a hotel when I get there. It turns out something didn't work out. You know, life is filled with little stresses and mishaps. And all of that time, what we're doing is exercising a certain muscle which says, okay, I'm responsible for my happiness. I have to deal with this. I have to deal with this. I have, so that's 80% I'm generating my experience of life. Now, some people due to childhood experiences or how much they've worked on themselves to develop themselves to be a better person, they have a set point of what their happiness level is. 
Okay, so depending upon what your set point is, that's your 80%. Then you get married, that partner can take you from your 80% all the way to 100. So you're depending on them to make you feel really good, but you have to be dependent on yourself for your basic set point. And we don't have that right now. We're all sitting around at home and watching TV and not necessarily exercising all those different muscles of relating with the world, with our work, with the police, with uh, the weather, with money, with clients, you know, all of this stuff we're dealing with all the time and we're adjusting, adjusting to come back to a place of happiness and fulfillment. And that's our set point. Then our partner can take us higher. Well, right now, if we're so low, our partner does not have the ability to make us feel fulfilled. And so we experience a dissatisfaction and we start to complain and blame. Complaining, blaming, judging, criticizing, annoyance, irritated, your partner's bugging you. All of those things have nothing to do with your partner. They right. seem to, but it's all about you not getting all your vitamins, your relationship vitamins fulfilled. So knowing that is one step closer to trying to solve the problem. But you've got to start from, I'm kind of drunk right now. Don't trust my feelings. Don't trust my thinking about my partner. Don't make any decisions. Or if I am thinking, oh, I got to leave this person. I want to end this relationship. Just notice, okay, these are the musings of a drunk man, a drunk woman. You know, uh, putting, putting the pandemic aside, something really important came out of that. And that is the fact that we have to be accountable and responsible for how we feel, for our feelings. And so many times in relationships, somebody will say, you made me feel this way or that way. And it's really not fair to do that because ultimately we are uh, accountable and responsible for our own feelings. Is there anything you want to say about that, John? Well, you know, that's a, I appreciate that. And, and we are responsible for our happiness and our well-being. Now, you know, it's a hard sell when you actually look practically at people when they're not in the front part of their brain. Okay, mm -hmm. the front part of the brain can recognize what you just said. So we need to have that teaching is that we are responsible for how we feel. But that's only a small part of our brain that can look at it that way. And that's through analysis, reflection, uh, our first reaction, and we are reactive beings. All of our emotions, all of our desires, all of our wishes, all of our impulses, all of our instincts, they're reactive, they're automatic. We have to have this front part of the brain to question, is that really gonna have a good result? And that, you know, somebody hurts me, I wanna hurt back. That's just human nature. That's monkey nature, actually. And then Gandhi came along and said, an eye for an eye. Well, hey, everybody's gonna go blind. Yeah, you gotta like think, okay, if I hurt you back, what's gonna be the consequence? And then what's my consequence back and forth? So that's one part of our brain, how we operate. But instinctively, you know, reactively, you you know, you can say something to your partner and it hurts or it makes them angry. And it does trigger it. You see, a better word for it is like it triggers this feeling inside. So we want to have some compassion. It's not that you can dump all over your partner and think that you don't, you didn't just affect them. Words bruise. True. Okay. That's what we have to get. They bruise the reactive brain. Then what we can do with our reflective brain is they go, okay, uh, how did I contribute to that problem? What can I do to avoid that problem in the first place? What do I need to give to myself right now because my partner cannot give me what they normally can? And that's kind of the real emphasis I'm focusing on there, which is if you're dissatisfied with your partner, it's not about your partner right now. And certainly you can find evidence for that. You Maybe they're completely ignoring you and they don't wanna to talk to you and you can say, oh, I feel so upset because of that. Well, that's the trigger. But to understand they can't, they have nothing to give. 
You know, you don't say to your partner if they're in a wheelchair, they got in a car accident, they're in a wheelchair for six months, crutches or something. You don't say, if you love me, you'll stand up and walk. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you, you just don't do that. So we have to recognize that we're all a little bit broken right now and treat each other with that respect and the compassion that comes with that. And it's a time to find our own resilience and self-sufficiency and not be so dependent on our partner. And that is a time where we, we tend to be more dependent on them because they're the only person around. So it's like we're going to the gym. Okay, we've got to exercise that muscle of don't depend on them so much, but appreciate what they can offer for certainly. Fantastic. Uh, guys, Guys Raider, your host here, Robert Manny, our special guest, returning John Gray, author Beyond Mars and Venus. Uh, and he, he's also a, an expert, in my opinion, on wellness, spirituality, and relationships, particularly Let's talk a little bit more about with COVID, um, dating in a virtual landscape. And then if you are in a couple, if you are a couple, uh, intimacy in a time of pandemic. Any thoughts there? Well, if you're single or you're in a couple. Uh, let's start with single. Should you just kind of push it aside or make some introductions, do some stuff virtually, understanding like that you know, physically it's not going to happen unless you do it in a different way. Uh, is it even like, is it worth it? Or should people take a step back and say, with so much going on, and maybe I'm not really being myself based on all the other factors we discussed, should I be looking to meet new people? Or is it too crazy right now? Well, no, I think it's a great time to meet new people. All and right. actually, you'll be your best self, and so will they. Uh, because, you know, um, when we started to come out here where I am, I went to a restaurant where you're eating outdoors and <laughs> with a friend of mine. And... It was the most wonderful experience just to, to interact with people. And I can't imagine being alone at home and not interacting with people. Right. And, and, and it's a need that we have. And certainly you're not going to get all the vitamins you need through a screen. And that's proven. Uh, you don't get, uh, when, you, when you relate on the screen, you're not going to produce oxytocin. Oxytocin is a, is a from physical presence. You, know, you have to actually touch some money, be in their energy field. But to some extent, you, you'll have that connection. And you should, this is a great time to work at your relationship skills. Uh, this is a really good time because you're not going to be physically present. And sometimes it's easier to work on relationship skills when you're not in the presence of someone. Because when you're in the presence of someone, it can create all kinds of people pleasing. Uh, it, you know, you can stand back and not be so attached to pleasing this person. And what people-pleasing does, it causes your conditioning to come in as opposed to your prefrontal cortex. Anxiety, nervousness, whatever, activates the back part of the brain and suddenly you come into childlike behavior. And most childlike behavior is people-pleasing. I'll adjust myself to please you as opposed to being authentically ourselves. But authentically ourselves often, you know, you could take a bunch of kids together as well, let them be authentic and they might yell and scream and break things. You know, they don't mm -hmm. necessarily are mean to each other, but they'll say whatever, depending upon whatever their programming is. So authenticity doesn't mean just say whatever you think. It means be true to yourself where you're not giving up who you are to please someone, but to exercise new relationship skills. And I think one of the best skills to, to, uh, practice is talking to people that you didn't know that well before. So you're getting to know them. That's the most important thing about communication, which is why it breaks down in marriage is you think you already know your partner. So mm -hmm. a lot relationship becomes boring. Actually, they're always changing and growing if you ask questions and get to know them. But in a new relationship, at least there's a, 
a practical reason to ask questions. And for men, a lot of men are watching, you're, the greatest thing to win over a woman and to feel good is to ask questions. Make sure that my basic dating advice for men, make sure that you ask like three times more questions than you answer. And make sure that your answers are authentic. Don't try to adjust, but here's the key. Create a really clear space for the other person to disagree. There's nothing more powerful to create attraction than differences. So to have somebody who has a different point of view from you and you don't try to convince them of your point of view. See, that's one of the biggest turnoffs that women find in men. Here's the two big turnoffs. One is men who talk too much. Oh, the, the next thing is when she does speak up, if she has a different point of view, a guy will want, tends to want to be right and convince her of his point of view as opposed to win big points by saying to her, oh, tell me more about that. Well, I hadn't thought of it that way. Well, I can see why you think that way. And I mean, you know, from my perspective, I see this and this and this, but you bring up a good point. You see what you're doing is creating an underlying safety net for people to be different. And that creates attraction. That's why, you know, in my theme of all my books, authenticity, of course, but understanding gender differences gives us permission to be our authentic selves. Because to a certain extent, uh, men don't have permission to be men and women don't have permission to be women. You know, I mean, I'll take a funny story just to, to remember this, but it's the it's pretty common story of, you know, my wife talking for the long, long time over dinner and I'm practicing just listening and asking questions. And why do you think he said that? Well, that's so interesting and tell me more. What else? You know, and just, and then at the end of the dinner, my wife said, you know, that's the best conversation we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, nothing, you know, it just... <laughs> See, it, this is the, the beyond Mars and Venus ideas is bringing more science into the gender difference discussion. And, you know, the, the people who oppose the idea of gender differences are saying that, you know, we're conditioned to be the way we are. And actually, conditioning has a huge impact. That's why I'm talking about this reactive brain. But ironically, conditioning causes men to be more emotional and conditioning causes women to be overly independent and not trusting. So it's the conditioning that actually making women more like men and making men more like women. But when men become more like women, it means your feelings become more dominant. Uh, this is biologically a reality. We know that when a man is angry, annoyed, or irritated, which are the obstacles in a good relationship, is as opposed to patient, understanding, uh, respectful, kind. You know, this is one swing. That's masculine energy, actually. We'll get to it. When, when a man's testosterone, which, uh, you know, the, the basic foundation here is, is you can go to any hospital and see the hormone tests. It's very simple, common knowledge. Do a Google search. You see a hormone level, levels between men and women. Men's testosterone levels, if he's healthy and has well-being, need to be 10 to 30 times higher than a woman's. And what generates testosterone is a feeling you're winning or you're successful. We know that to be the case, guys. His team wins, his testosterone goes up. You know, this is the, for men, anytime we want to, we achieve, that's why men always want to solve the problem, tell women, look, you ought to do this, this. If we feel we're making a difference, testosterone goes up. Now for women, if they're making a difference, testosterone goes up. But the difference is that for men, if their testosterone is low, their stress levels go high, okay? cortisol level, which throws us out of the front part of the brain. So any man who's angry, actually you'll look at his hormone levels, people think that's high testosterone. Actually, 
it's the consequence of testosterone being somewhat high, then turning into estrogen. It's the turning into estrogen that makes him angry. All emotions are estrogen. And women need to have, for women's well-being, she needs 20 times more, actually 10 times more estrogen than your average man, according to the hormone test. And to have an orgasm, which is ultimate fulfillment, she needs, tw she needs 20 times higher estrogen than a man. So this is like such basic, simple knowledge nobody's ever pointed out. It's just on the hormone test. It, it's, it, and you add some common sense with it along with expertise. And you see that women, biologically, they will come as a, like a therapist. I'm a therapist. Women will come and talk about their feelings for an hour and pay me 500 bucks. Why? Because I didn't solve their problem. I listened to them and I solved the real problem, which is they need to feel safe to express stressful feelings, feelings of sadness or hurt or anger or fear. And the last thing I'm going to do is say, uh, no, he didn't make you feel that way. No, I'm going to say, tell me more. Help me understand that better. And as she then feels better, then she's able to look at how she contributes to the problem. Okay, that, that's always the resolution here. We want to be grown-ups. We have to recognize for every problem, there's two people. Okay, that's, <laughs> you know, come on, let's grow up. Nothing happens out of nothing. Okay, it's basically, they do something, I do something, they do something, I do. It's like ping pong. When I'm in China, I talk about ping pong. You know, one person criticizes, the other person criticizes, <laughs> criticizes back and forth. And you know what's interesting about us men is we tend to walk around quite often with like, no big deal, everything's fine until we get criticized and then suddenly we've got a criticism back and another one and then they come back and now just as and she women do tend to carry a long list around with them quite often uh as soon as they're uh feeling stressed the the memory of every complaint comes back to them they're very vulnerable to complaining because uh, we've seen now in brain scans under moderate stress there's eight times more blood flow that goes to the hippocampus. The hippocampus is the emotional memory. So, you know, when you're in stress, uh, you want to remember every bad thing that's ever happened so you can prevent it. So they automatically go to a bias. The brain goes into a bias to look for signs that it's happening again, looking for signs that bad things are going to happen. Uh, and they, they can't see good things are going to happen. They literally can't be optimistic at that time. And men go, how could she be so negative? Actually, she's not so negative. She's just been triggered this eight times more blood flow than a man would have in that circumstance. Now, men can be triggered generally when a man is experiencing uh, cortisol. Now, that's an adrenaline response as moderate stress. Under cortisol, that's uh, the higher level of stress, men's testosterone goes down and their estrogen goes up under cortisol levels, women's testosterone goes up and their estrogen goes down. So like a seesaw is why when, when women are feeling pressured and stressed, they're just not interested in sex. They don't have the hormones to lubricate. They can't even enjoy it. You know, They do it as an obligation and pretend like it's okay, but it's not fulfilling. They actually need to have 10 to 20 times more in the realm of 10 to 20 times more estrogen than a man in order to enjoy physical intimacy. So she's stressed. It's not about him. It's about her body. You know, she's in a wheelchair right now. She just can't get up. And what we have to learn, which we can discuss, and that's what I discuss in Beyond Mars and Venus, is things that I can do for my partner to increase her estrogen and progesterone, what she can do for me to increase my testosterone. But right now, the most important part of that book is what she can do for herself and what he can do for herself. 
because our power to influence our partner dramatically decreases the more our partner is not responsible on their own for their happiness. See, I can bring my wife 50 roses or one rose and it'll create an estrogen spike if she's in a good mood and feeling happy in her life. But if she's not happy and fulfilled in her life, I bring a bunch of roses. Oh, I have to cut the roses. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yep. it's not going to have the same effect. So our power to influence becomes less when the, our partner is not fulfilled and when we're not fulfilled. Because if we're not fulfilled and we try to influence our partner, we tend to come from a place of neediness. Well, I'm doing this for you. I need a big response back. As opposed to if I get a big response back, that's, that's dessert. That's just extra. Our special guest on Guys Guys Radio is the amazing John Gray. We're talking about his book, which I highly recommend to me. This has been my favorite relationship book of all time because I learned so much from it as we're learning now from John. Beyond Mars and Venus, Relationship Skills for Today's Complex World. It's, a, it's an update of his uh, seminal book from the uh, 90s, and it's really fantastic, so I highly recommend it. So, John, uh, just a couple of observations from the, from the quarantine. For me, my relationship with my wife has improved as well as our family relationship. It's been my wife, myself, my seven-year-old, and we are really tight. And it's been, in a lot of ways, really good. I believe chaos creates opportunities. In this sense, uh, I seem to be following a lot of your advice. I'm asking my <laughs> wife daily, how you doing? What do you, how do you feel about this? Because like, I, you know, I don't really want to talk about myself. And if I talk too much and we're both talkers, she'll be like, you're talking a lot. And that means, <laughs> that means shut up or, or don't interrupt me. So I'm learning. I've had the opportunity to learn as we go. Like, all right, don't say as much. Ask her how she's doing. Be sincere. Be authentic. But, you know, you have to be part of it. And, uh, and it's just been terrific. And the intimate part of it has been uh, a very, very pleasant surprise. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, I think people, individuals, we always have to look for the opportunities when challenging times happen because they're always there. If, let me if, let me emphasize because you please. just added to what I said. In some situations, this is a tremendous opportunity for greater intimacy. And I have a little a process, which I think you're naturally doing, which is prioritizing your woman's needs at this time and your relationship can thrive. And to prioritize their needs you have to understand their needs. And that's the missing thing for most men. They, they just don't understand. And she probably knows a lot too. And she's prioritizing your needs at this time. And then you thrive because you do get to have this protection from the world right now. You get more time because time together can bring us, uh, bring us to a higher level if we're knowing how to support each other's basic needs. And so here's a little game for couples to, to play during this time. It's been highly effective in helping a lot of people. It's called the genie in the bottle. And a genie in the bottle is men to build their testosterone need to feel powerful and successful. And ultimately, the ultimate genie is a, whatever you wish, I will make come true. Uh, and another version of this would be a flight attendant in first class who says, Mr. Gray, welcome to the flight. I'm, I'm here to do whatever you like. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you have any needs, call on me. I'm here. You know, uh, you kind of go, OK, what do I need? So. Uh, you're the genie and to, to activate the genie, she has to rub the bottle and what that means. And this is a 20 minute window. We're doing 20 minutes. Her, she can't do anything for herself, but she has to ask for help. Uh, ask for help and with the anticipation that he's gonna immediately respond with everything she said with a smile and yes, I'm happy to do that. I'm delighted to do it. And even if you're kind of grumpy with each other, this will change those hormones because- I love see, it. Men's grumpiness goes away when they feel successful. 
And when you're given little chores to do and you know it's just 20 minutes, it's not like your whole life you're, you're having to do. And the rule of the game basically is she asks for anything and she has to you know, appreciate it and she will start to appreciate it. It's amazing when you can carry a box by yourself, but somebody says, hey, let me carry that for you. You feel like, oh, that's so nice. Uh, you feel like, oh, I want to give more to that person. And that, that often women don't let men do things for them because they don't want to feel, I want to do more for you because they already feel I've done so much for you and I haven't gotten it back. <laughs> so, so this is like pushes us through our resistance to depending on each other to feel good. And uh, so for 20 minutes, now she, the rule is she can't ask for something uh, that would require more time than the 20 minute window. And the objective is to ask for as many things as possible because when it comes to building estrogen, little things have the same effect as big things. You know, I mentioned in my book, Men Are From Mars, that every act of love on Venus uh, scores equal to every big act or little act scores the same effect. Meaning that if I give her 50 roses, one spike of estrogen, I give her one rose, one spike of estrogen. And that is true biologically if a woman has a certain amount of estrogen. If a woman doesn't have estrogen, she says, I want 50 roses, one rose won't do it. So there's exceptions to everything, of course, but there's reasons why there's exceptions. Is it's, they found that actually, if, if the estrogen levels are low, then affection has no effect on a woman. But if estrogen levels are high, then little things do make a big difference. Uh, the same difference that giving her a diamond ring makes, you bring one rose. I mean, it's amazing how women's biology responds differently as their estrogen levels rise. And the most powerful thing to uh, stimulate estrogen is a woman to feel I have a need and somebody's gonna fulfill that for me. And I anticipate getting that need met and it doesn't matter big or small. So that's lots of little things like, oh, would you go get the oil uh, to do a foot massage? And he runs to get the oil to get the foot massage. And then he does a little foot massage. And then she says, oh, would you make me some orange juice? And she gets to see him making the orange juice, cutting the oranges or whatever oh, would you clean out that cabinet, you know? And so he starts cleaning out the cabinet. So lots of little things that he can do for her during this time. And her job is just to not, not improve on him, but to appreciate whatever he performs. And mm -hmm. it's just a delightful game. 20 minutes, it's done. You feel more connected and it's positive. What it's doing is pumping up his testosterone. Good job, good job, good job. And pumping up her estrogen, which says, I have what I, I need, I have what I need, I have what I need. You know, I'll take it. I'll take it a step further. I'll build on that, John, because what I've been doing is like the other day, my wife said, oh, all those dishes in the sink. I'll, don't worry, because it was Father's Day. I'll take care of them. And then she went into the other room and I dove in and I did them all. And then the key was I didn't say a thing. You know, it's so natural for men to say, you see, I changed the cat litter without you asking or, hey, hey, I, I did all those dishes. Did you notice? No, say nothing. And I know I got some points on that oh. because later on it all paid off. So yeah, yeah, it does pay off. You always get more points if you offer to do things or do things without them having to ask. However, for the woman, it's a very good exercise to ask. This is mm -hmm. called growing up. To be a grown up, you need to ask for help. Ultimately, women live in sort of this uh, romantic fantasy, which is that uh, the romantic man knows what I need and want, even if I don't ask for it. And he exactly. Does it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can appeal to that higher level of estrogen romantic fantasy, but the bottom line is it's really good for women to practice asking and getting and for men to do and be acknowledged and appreciated without having to say, look what I did.
Awesome. I'm here uh, talking to John Gray and loving another conversation with him. One of the areas that I don't think too many people are familiar with is not as much at least as your relationship health, but is, is health and wellness. And right now, and particularly with this, uh, with the virus that's been around, I think longevity, and from all the people I talk to, especially boomers, you know, longevity is a buzzword right now. And um, with all the information that we've got about, you know, the virus and everything and masks and good or bad or this or that, very little has, has been discussed about uh, uh, eating the right foods and promoting activities that um, strengthen your immune system. And I know you believe in superfoods and things like that. Any advice for us uh, during this time in particular to uh, strengthen one's immune system and live our best life and really look at longevity? Well, I'm really, I love to think of longevity. Yeah, I'm kind of a guy, how can I do the best? <laughs> I mean, I'm 69, I look, feel, I feel great. You know, I did my Fantastic. 10 minutes of extreme aerobic exercise before getting on the show. Uh, you know, I, I think what we need is we need aerobic exercise, we need meditation, we need good foods, and also, uh, depending upon your genetic vulnerabilities, you might need extra supplementation. Uh, I, uh, you know, at 69, at 50, I had Parkinson's. My younger sister had wow. died of Alzheimer's. You know, I've got brothers, two brothers died of heart attacks, one of cancer, one of suicide. So I got a lot of family issues uh, in my genes. Uh, but I, I moved out of Texas and moved to California. So I was more in the sunshine and self, self development, self growth, mm -hmm. health, vitality. And my family was all eating the, the junk foods already. Just in terms of what we talked about, when you eat meat, that's not the hormone free meat. What happens that throws your hormones out of balance. Uh, when men's hormones, when you're, when you're eating meats, are you eating foods that are, have pesticides? That means if it's organic, it doesn't have pesticides theoretically. And if, it's, if it doesn't say hormone-free meat, then it has hormones in it. Now, pesticides and hormones go into a man's body and they lower your testosterone. What they do is they bind with estrogen receptor sites, send a message to the brain that you've got a lot of estrogen, their testosterone production goes down as a result of, these, of estrogen going into his body, the xenoestrogens or the pesticides. The effect this has on women is you'll see it. Women don't feel like they need a relationship or they're too picky in relationships. They can't have orgasms. All of that is lack of feminine energy, lack of feminine hormones, because when you take female hormones in the meat or the pesticides, they bind with these estrogen receptor sites, which means that they're not really estrogen. It just sends a message to the brain that you've got estrogen. So when women get the message, they've got plenty of estrogen, then they don't feel the need to make estrogen through relationships. See, women's bodies require higher levels of estrogen and you make estrogen through intimacy, through depending on others. Doesn't mean you can't be independent, but you have to also have dependence. That's interdependence. And if, you, if your brain says, oh, I got so much estrogen, then it says, oh, now I need to be independent. So there's this tendency in women to be overly independent and there's a tendency in men to become overly dependent because it lowers their testosterone and men's overly dependence is going to be on drinking, watching TV, too much sports or too much pornography. Uh, that this pornography is a real problem right now for men uh, because you're at home, you're not out there fulfilling your relationship things. It's so easy to get uh, uh, a fake sexual experience right. online. And that has a different biological effect. You can measure <clears throat> different hormones get produced when you masturbate online versus having sex. Uh, there's a hormone when you have sex with someone you care about, 
prolactin gets produced that prevents you become, from becoming addicted to it. Uh, it lessens your interest in having sex all the time. But as soon as you start masturbating online, you don't make prolactin for a variety of reasons, but the biology is such that you don't. And therefore you get addicted to it and your testosterone levels continue to go down, 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 down. So we're seeing 21 year old men who grew up in the pornography, online pornography age of addiction to masturbation. And not saying masturbation is bad, it's addiction to it. You know, right, drinking right. a glass of wine is not bad for you, but it's addiction to it. Uh, so, you know, moderation, all things. So they're impotent at 21. They can't get it up with a real woman, but they can get it up with a fantasy woman online. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is our with a one night stand. You can't sustain that intimacy because intimacy means estrogen goes up. So you have to have really good, strong testosterone to keep it up when you're with somebody you love. Because uh, we have, the research shows again that when men get married, more love, your testosterone will go down. So to keep your testosterone up, you need to be in a relationship which makes your testosterone go up where your wife uh, appreciates you, you feel successful, you're creating this life family for them. And, and that is this testosterone booster. But the average man, it goes down. And then they have children, it goes down even further because you have more love. You know, love is estrogen. When you feel loving, your estrogen's going up. And so if you love your partner, you've got to make sure that you're doing the things to keep your testosterone healthy. And if you don't, then what happens is you get a heart attack. So we're talking health again. Men uh, who retire and stop working, uh, their testosterone levels will go low. Work raises testosterone tremendously. You're overcoming obstacles to achieve a goal for a result. That keeps your testosterone up. And when you no longer do that, you decide I'm just gonna sit and relax and watch TV and play golf, your testosterone goes down and you get a heart attack according to the insurance companies. So this is, and also let me just say that along the way of testosterone going down, you end up having high blood pressure and you get up with high blood pressure, then you're gonna start, if you don't have these natural things to keep your blood pressure healthy, I test mine every day because all my brothers died or several died of heart attacks and high blood pressure, is you need to do your aerobic exercise, you need to do your meditation or some kind of relaxation exercise and you need to have love and you need to be serving other people and you need to be having sex. Uh, there's people who live long have sex if they're men and sex is a big part of who we are. Not too much, not too little. Okay, so that there's a, everything's a dance. Um, and let me just throw the, let me throw this in for the guys, because uh, you know people are always asking me as an expert in sex. I've written books on sex. Uh, is how, how much sex did you have? Okay, how much sex are other people having? And are other people um, the ones you should be following? Okay, because some people have sex every day, some people have no sex. So what's the right amount? Well, what I know to be the case biologically, this is, I love coming back to some biology tests and so forth <laughs> is we know that well-being in men, your testosterone levels are going to be, you know, 30 times higher than a woman's There's a rating there where you're in a healthy range of testosterone. And that's not the only factor, but if you're, if you're living a long life, your testosterone levels are up. If you're a man, they're there. And so, so your, your testosterone's up. How to keep your testosterone up is don't have too much sex. They found that it, it, after you ejaculate and you're a man, uh, your testosterone will go down. That's Sunday, that's the Sunday morning blues, okay? That guy's sitting back, they're done. You know, they need Sunday to rest because I hear you. Sit, 
Okay, so they did their Saturday night thing. It goes down and it slowly starts to rise over the week. And that's generally considered his normal level. It starts to rise over the week. But if he goes for six days without ejaculating, this is biology tests. He goes six days without ejaculating. On the seventh day, his testosterone levels will double, which means that you set your body back into alpha mode. Alpha mode is higher levels of testosterone, which gives you the motivation and the, and the, the, the to initiate sex with your partner, to perform well, to feel more love. And ironically, when men have higher testosterone, they can feel more love. Uh, when they don't have that, they can't feel the love. And that's that day where you, know, you soak back into what am I in this marriage for and so forth. And then it comes back down again. So all it takes, man, is you have sex on Saturday night and you do yourself on Wednesday. It's not going to double on Saturday <laughs> night. So, you know, and women need to feel, see, women don't need reassurance all the time. Okay. We're all independent people, but women, when it comes to estrogen, they need this reassurance that they're the most important person in your life. Okay. That they're your partner, that we're married, we're a partnership, that you're not going to leave them and you're there for them. And that reassurance is biologically given to her on Saturday. If you can go for six days without ejaculating, your testosterone will surge which says she's the one for you. Because when it surges, it focuses on her attentiveness, interest, motivation, all the best masculine qualities happen when your testosterone goes high and you have some estrogen. Last question, John, fantastic, by the way. Um, uh, what if a guy goes, uh, either he's in a relationship or even if he's not, and he goes six months, no sex. Is that bad or good? Does he like build up some chi? Like I've read about some of these yogi guys or these guys in Asia who like they, they don't have sex for years and they believe that it kind of protects their chi. Uh, you're, you're saying that it's regularity uh, is, is, is a good thing. Just talk to us a little bit. about. Uh, that. Well, I was a, uh, before I became quote, a relationship. You were a monk, right? I was a monk for nine <laughs> years and I was a pure celibate. I did not from 18 to 28, 19 to 28, that mm -hmm. range. Uh, I did not masturbate once. Uh, so I kept it in my body. My chi came in there. It converts into something else called ojos. Uh, you're, you're actually, your perspiration starts to smell like sperm if you don't release it. And it allowed me to have uh, very beautiful spiritual experiences. I meditate every day as a result of that. I think it was the foundation of my success. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons I'm not falling into all the traps my brother's fallen into with their health issues. Is I'm not saying... It's a path for everybody. Uh, it was a positive experience for me because I was able to use that energy uh, in somewhat of an ecstatic way through meditation. Okay, so I used it through meditation. So if you're not gonna have intimacy, physical intimacy, you need to channel that energy. It needs to be channeled, otherwise it, will, it'll, it can get stagnant. According to the chi thing, it'll get stagnant and then you'll wanna release it through addictions. So there'll be a certain addictive type tendencies that will come about. Procrastination will increase in your life. Passivity will increase in your life. If you're, but if you use that energy, so the celibates, generally, historically, celibates are people who use their energy through meditation. So it could also be used through exercise. I don't want to just say it's just meditation, is that you need to exercise more. But you will have this energy that will, it can become dormant, and then it causes tension and stress, which you can release unproductively or productively. You can use it productively. When I write a book, for example, I mean, I've written 26 books and it's, it's kind of a hard time for my wife because uh, 
I work 10 hours a day on a book, which means very little relationship time. And I do it in a month. Okay. In my head, I develop the ideas and then I sit down and I just, I type and edit and all that stuff. But I, I'm so focused. And I, the last thing I could think about is sex during that time. So I'm using that energy for sure because it is life force energy. It gives birth to babies. It gives birth to a new you, but you need to be using it. And love is a way of using it as well, which is through physical intimacy. Got it. Wow. What an answer. I love it. Uh, John Gray, our special guest on Guys Guys Radio. John, thank you so much. You're always welcome on the show. Fantastic job as always. Please tell us where people can find out more about you, your, all your programs and beyond Mars and Venus. Well, uh, if you go to marsvenus.com, there's a free class you can take with me. It's a four-day class. It's free. It's how to get everything you want in your relationship. So we'll go more deeply into these ideas, uh, re- communication skills to support hormonal balance. That's my whole thing now is how to communicate to increase testosterone in men, how to communicate to increase estrogen in women and create this hormonal balance. So it's very practical. That course is there also for single men or single women or married women, married men. So we have four different courses depending on what category you fit into. And I appreciate you asking about health and wellness. I just touched on it with meditation and blood pressure, uh, making sure blood pressure is good. But there's a host of vitamin supplements that I've studied and I used to have a wellness center where I tested a lot of things for people, for libido, for better sleep, for more energy, for relaxation, for brain development. I had Parkinson's when I was 50, early stage, early stage, Mm -hmm. prevented it from becoming worse. And uh, so I have wonderful superfood shakes. I have super minerals that cause your brain to regenerate because often if we eat the high carbohydrate diet, we deplete ourselves of those nutrients. So that's in the in the store, the Mars Venus Wellness Store, you got a host of 100 videos on health and wellness. Got it. Okay, fantastic. I think we need to do another show about that Parkinson's and health, if, if it's okay with you at some they're, point. They're because... tuned into ADD as well. Okay, great. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much, John. We're running out of time. Guys Guys Radio, our special guest, John Gray. Thank you. You are a guys guy, John Gray. Thank you for being thank here. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, that was a terrific conversation with John Gray, his return visit to Guy's Guy's Radio, and hopefully there'll be a lot more visits from John in the future. And we think we had a lot of fun there. And what did we learn? Well, okay, number one, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, revisited. The concepts are still relevant today that are described in his number one selling relationship book of all time. And it was good to go through them and kind of get a a reminder of how it's all based on science and physiology and biology and women's estrogen and men's testosterone and how there's an interplay and kind of a dance between the two to make your relationship work. I think we also found that in the time of COVID, as horrible as it is, you know, there's always some, some silver lining that we can find there when we look at situations. And in this case, if you've been locked down together, although the divorce rates are up because people obviously are driving each other crazy because they've been locked down for too long, but also in some instances, relationships are being strengthened. I know for myself, I've got a lovely wife and a son, seven-year-old, and our relationship, the three of us hanging out together, has been absolutely wonderful. So I consider myself blessed. I'm very fortunate and I'm filled with gratitude about that. So I guess it can be done. So Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA here in sunny 
Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 10.50 AM. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday on KCAA at 6 PM, new time. You can catch the podcast. It drops worldwide every Thursday. We're on iHeart, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, CastBox, Blog Talk Radio, robertmanny.com. And if you check out my website, you'll find there's over 300 blog posts about everything from life, love, the pursuit of happiness. It's all free. And you can also download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's about two dudes in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. It's been critically acclaimed as the male successor to Sex in the City. It's a fun book. It's a sexy romp. We've got strong women characters. You've got flawed male characters, and uh, I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. If you want to support the show, you can rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And also you can follow me on social media. I'm all over the place uh, as we need to be in this business. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And now on our YouTube channel, if you go to Robert Manny Author on YouTube, we have what we call Guys Guys TV, which is really the best of Guys Guys Radio. It's a collection of episodes on Guys Guys Radio that you can consume via YouTube. And a lot of people consume their podcasts on YouTube, whether they're visual or just audio. That's how people like to get some of their content. So we're there also for you. So we're here again every Wednesday, Guys Guys Radio. I love doing the show. I'm so thrilled with my guests. We've got more and more shows booked throughout the summer. I hope you're staying safe. I thank my listeners for being there for me. And I thank my guests and say... This has been a wonderful, wonderful ride that we're on, and we're going onward and upward, and it's really getting to be a great thing I hear on Guys Guys Radio. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We're back next week. Until then, stay safe, and as I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. There's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be, yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys Guy Radio, better men, better world.